Bless the Lord. If you have your Bible, go with me, please, to Second Kings. Second Kings, chapter four. And I'll invite you to stand with me, please, for the reading of God's word. Second Kings chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Very familiar story to most of you. And really a reminder for us tonight as a church. Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha. Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels at large for yourself. From all of your neighbors, even empty vessels, and do not get a few. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons, and pour out into all these vessels, and you shall set aside what is full. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, and they were bringing the vessels to her, and she poured And when the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons can live on the rest. Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight by the Holy Spirit. We know tonight that there is a great anticipation in our hearts for what you are going to do among us and are doing. And so we pray that we would have a spirit-led heart, the mind set on Christ, that we might do those things which God commands and be pleasing in your sight. Anoint my lips of clay to preach and anoint the hearing of this congregation to hear the word of the living God. We ask this in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Puede tomar su lugar. The Lord reminds us tonight on something that he spoke to us a few months ago. And this is a word of a reminder as much as a challenge to Kingsway Church. And you always can anticipate that God has new things for us. How many of you believe that? And how many of you know that things are shifting? I said, how many of you know that things are shifting? Have have things shifted in your life in the last few weeks? Yes. God is on the move. And the church must be with Him. The church needs to be attentive to His voice. The church must be uh, tuned in to the station 
of the voice of God. There are many voices around and, and there are opportunities to get distracted. And so in those moments, we have to remember what is it that God has told me to do. And we must do it. I recall the story of a, the humorous story of a little boy and his parents. They were traveling by train and it became nighttime. And so they went into their sleeping berths. And this particular, uh, this particular train had six cots, three on either side. And so the little boy, about four years old, he was very frightened. And uh, it was dark and he was afraid. He was sleeping alone in this strange environment. His parents were in the cots next to him, but he was... He was worried and he said, he said, um, Daddy, I'm afraid. And his daddy said, I, I, he reassured him. He said, son, I'm right here. You don't have anything to worry about. You're going to be fine. Just go to sleep. And, and he, a few moments passed. He said, he said, Mama, I'm still afraid. And she reassured him as well. She said, it's all right, son. We're here. You don't have to be afraid. We're Sleep through the night and it's going to be all right. And he was quiet for a moment more. And again, he said, Daddy, I'm still afraid. And this went on for a good few minutes until finally a man sleeping in the other cot had enough of it. And he said, be quiet, boy. We're trying to sleep around here. And there was silence in the, in the train car. And then the little boy said, Daddy, was that God? And I think sometimes we think about God and we want Him to shout at us. Do it! We want Him to come in a booming voice like He did at Sinai and speak to us. But the reality is that we are Spirit-filled and must be Spirit-led. We are a people that can hear the voice of God and who God wants us to obey His voice. And this has been a year in which over and over again the theme of this year has been hear my voice. Listen to my voice. Obey my voice. And I believe that those of you who have taken this to heart have learned a new thing about following God. And about walking with God. And about, about obeying God. And so tonight he speaks again. And this is a reminder to us. Not necessarily something new. But something that God is saying to us. Because we have only four months left in this year. And he said he would do twice as much. In the second part of this year. As he did in the first. And some of you thought. Well I'm just going to sit in my recliner. And watch God work. Say, no, not me, Pastor. I said, say, no, not me, Pastor. See, so often we say, oh, God's going to do something big. I want to watch. I want a front row seat. Scripture said that Moses knew God's ways, but the nation of Israel only saw his works. God wants you to know His ways. He wants you to know His voice. Of course, you will see His works, but He wants an intimacy with us that goes far deeper than that. And so, you and I must learn His ways. We must, we must walk with Him and talk with Him and obey Him. And so, when you consider the nation of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years, four decades, they saw the works of God. But when the, when the new generation entered the promised land, the Joshua generation, it was no longer about God doing miracles for them. It was now about God doing miracles 
through them. Did you know that God wants to work miracles through you? God wants to work miracles through you. You say, I don't know about that, Pastor. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what the scripture says, and then you can decide whether you know about it or not. The scripture said, These signs will follow those that believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not harm them. God wants to work miracles through you. I spoke this morning about the greatest miracle that's possible in humanity. And that is the miracle of conversion. The miracle of a saved soul. Did you know that God wants to work the miracle of conversion through you? He wants to use you to bring somebody to Christ. Now, when you heard miracles, you were thinking parting the Red Sea and and, uh, moving mountains. But when, when I'm telling you about leading somebody to Christ... I want you to believe that because that is the greatest miracle that God can do in any of us. And He wants to do it through you. He wants you to be an agent of His power, an agent of His work. And friends, we're living under an open season, an open heaven at Kingsway Church. God has opened the heavens over us and He is waiting for His church to ask big prayers and attempt great things for God. Can I get an amen tonight? So we have to be ready. We have to be a people who are saying, God, I don't want to just see you do something. I want you to do it through me. Can God work through you? You see, tonight's message is for mature believers. Who say, God, I want you to work through me. You see, for too long, the church has restricted the works of God to the ministry and to those who are in, uh, have a, a title of ministry. But friends, the works of God are for every believer who will believe God. God wants to heal the sick through you. He wants to deliver the captive through you. He wants to recover the sight of the blind through you. And here's what often happens when a crisis comes up in our life, and it always happens um, that crisis and troubles come up. Life happens, right? Why don't we just get over it and realize life's going to happen? Say, Pastor, that's a little blunt, don't you think? Well, yeah, but every time life happens, we panic. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Guess what? Every once in a while it rains and storms come and trials happen. Life happens. The church needs to get used to the fact and know that when trouble comes, when crisis comes, it's not time to lose focus, but it's time to gain momentum. It's time to move forward in God. I'm talking to a mature church tonight. Am I talking to a mature church? When, when the nation of Israel was in the wilderness 40 years, they had manna every morning, six days a week. But when they went into the promised land, they crossed the Jordan. The Joshua generation looked up 
No manna. The manna stopped. The Bible said they ate old corn. It meant they had to begin to plant and to harvest and to work for their food. You see, manna is for babies. Manna is for the immature church. But when you grow into maturity, you realize, hey, I've got a role to play in this. I have a part to play in this. God wants to use me. God wants to do this through me. He wants to empower me. And he's empowering people all over this church to be servants of God. And to be women and, and men of faith. But there are more, there's still more that God wants to do through you. And he wants to do with you. And all you and I need to do in this season is to do it. Have we been hearing that a lot lately? Just do it. Have we been hearing that a lot lately? Now, when you hear a lot of the same thing over and over from the Lord, what do you think he's trying to get you to do? To do it. Here's the thing. When God's speaking to you, sometimes he'll just tell you once, and you think, oh, that's interesting. And then somebody over here, you hear the same thing, you say, well, that's interesting. And then over here, you hear it again. And you're like, okay, God is speaking to me. And I'm telling you, God is speaking to you. Hallelujah. Now, let me give you the, the analogy of what God wants to do in us. The scripture says that there's a widow. And she's in a crisis. Her husband has died. And she's run out of money. Now, we're not going to go into a long dissertation about the fact that she had a husband in the ministry who did not leave her well set. He didn't have a, fu a funeral arrangement, obviously, and he had not uh, prepared. And we can hardly accuse the man. He was in seminary. He was trying to get his degrees and, and get ordained and get on the road with his career. And then all of a sudden... This great plan, you know, they, they had this picture of what God was going to do in their life. And they were going to have this beautiful little parsonage with a white picket fence around it. And, and beautiful spring flowers planted along the, the gardens. And she just could see it happening. And then all of a sudden, it comes crashing down. That ever happened to you? And like sand through her hands, the, the dream goes away. And she is now in a panic. She's in a, in a crisis because creditors have come and they're going to take, according to the law, they're able to take her children into slavery until her debts are paid. Don't you know that that would change a lot of things in America if we had that kind of structure? Aren't you glad that we no longer live under that law? You ought to be. Come on now. If Visa shows up at your house and says, I'm taking your oldest boy until you, your credit card debt gets paid off, until that car is paid off, she's in trouble. And, and I keep saying this over and over again, but this sermon fits right in with this. You and I need to start dreaming of living debt-free. 
All right, when I said that two years ago, I got no amends. Tonight, I got about 10. So we're making some progress. And, but I can't take two more years for the rest of you to get on board. You have to start believing I'm going to be debt free. You believe God can help you pay off your house? Now, Sister Terry saying amen with a little bit more enthusiasm because she just paid it off. Come on, let's thank the Lord for that. And I told you this a few weeks ago. If you can't see yourself there, you'll never be there. You have to be able to see in your spirit what God wants to do. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a renter, and if that's, if that's all right with you, that's all right with, with me. But if you have a, a desire in your heart, Say, God, I want to be debt-free, and I want to own my own house, and God can do that. But you're going to have to do it with him. I say you're going to have to do it with him. And you're going to have to put some wise planning in place. You know, these things don't just happen by accident. It takes planning it takes commitment it takes determination this woman is in a crisis the creditors have come they want to take her children what does she do she goes to the man of God don't you know when you're in trouble you need to go to someone who knows to hear God stop getting counseling from people that need counseling all right Stop getting advice from people that need advice. Go and talk to somebody that can hear God. You and I must be that kind of church that is just in, mom- in the moment's notice when trouble comes, we go to God. Tenemos que ser esa iglesia que cuando llega el problema, el problema inmediatamente vamos con Dios. No lo pensamos dos veces y no vamos a hablar con alguien que necesita consejería. Vamos a hablar con alguien que conoce la voz de Dios y nos va a guiar a la palabra del Señor. She did the right thing when she went to Elisha and Elisha said to her, and this is what God is saying to us the church. He said, what do you have? What do you have in the house? And God is asking you this question tonight. It's not rhetorical. It is a serious question. What do you have in your house? Do you realize, church, that God wants to use what you have? Not what you don't have. He wants to start what, with what you have. Cuando Dios comienza la obra, en esta mujer dice el profeta, ¿qué tienes en tu casa? Y esa es la pregunta que Dios tiene para nosotros como iglesia. Dios va a usar lo que tenemos en la casa. So often we start looking around and we say, if I only had that, if I only had that, if I had what they had over there, if I had what was going on over there. And God is saying, what do you have in your house? Do you have anything? God wants to use what you have. When Nehemiah went to rebuild the city of Jerusalem, where do you think he got the stones from? Jerusalem. And who were the builders? The people who were there. This thing is going to start with what you have. 
It's going to start with where you are. And as long as you wait around for somebody else to show up, nobody else is going to show up because you're waiting for yourself. When you really think about it, you're waiting on you. I think if we would really listen to God, God would say, Isaac, you're not waiting for me, son. I'm waiting for you. ¿Qué tienes en tu casa? Lo que Dios va a hacer, lo va a comenzar con lo que tienes. Y Él está esperando en nosotros que hagamos lo que podamos con lo que tenemos donde estamos. He's looking for us to do what we can with what we have where we are. Why would God put gas in a parked car? If that car isn't going anywhere, it doesn't need any fuel. It's not until the church starts moving that God says, all right, this church needs gas. This church needs provision. This church needs anointing. Friend, if you want to be that kind of person that just goes through life under the power and anointing of the Spirit, you have to be moving. There has to be work going on. Everybody that Jesus called in the Gospels, He called them while they were working. While they were doing something. Peter was fishing and Jesus called him. Matthew was at the tax collector's booth when Jesus called him. Every one of those men were called out of a position of labor. Even Nathaniel, he was working in, in, uh, in the study of the word of God under that fig tree. And he was called. Can I tell you, God's looking for a working church. He's looking for a doing church. We've all heard it, haven't we? Faith without works is dead. Do you have dead faith? Say no. Even just by faith, say no. La fe sin obras es muerta. Porque está sola. So let me give it to you like this. You say, Lord, I want, I want to live debt free. But you keep, you keep spending money you don't have. Your faith is dead. You say, Lord, I want to be healthy. But you keep eating the wrong things. Faith without works is dead. Pastor, I didn't want you to get so personal tonight. <laughs> I want to grow spiritually. I want to be a spiritual giant. But you don't read the word. You don't pray. You don't come to the house of God. Faith without works is Those are the things that you don't have to add to our faith. If I say, Lord, I want to I have the faith to give a million dollars, guess what I have to start doing now? Give what I have where I am with what I've got. This is, this is not hard to understand, right? But you see, we have to answer the question, what do you have in your house? What is it in your house that God can use? Do you have a testimony? Does anybody have a testimony? Has God done anything for you? Ever? Yes. Then you have something in your house. 
Do you know how to pray? Come on, you got to know how to pray. Do you know how to pray? All right, then you have something in your house. Do you have some favorite Bible verses? Are they memorized and hidden in your heart? Then you have something in your house. What do you have in your house? What do you have available to you? Do you have a living room? Do you have a living room? Can God use it? You know, I think I have a revelation. If people would let God use their house to build his kingdom, maybe he would let them pay it off. Uh, you didn't get the revelation, but it's going to come. It's going to come slowly. She said, I have some empty pots. Or she said, I have a little bit of oil. She had a little bit of oil. That oil is the picture of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that she had something so precious, so valuable? If you have nothing left but the Holy Spirit, you've got everything you need. If you have nothing but the Holy Spirit, you have everything you need. I heard a, a, a story about a man the other day. He, he put out a, um, a challenge. He said, give me, I think he said, $100 and 48 hours. Leave me in the middle of New York City and within, within 48 hours I'll turn it into $100,000. And using his skill as a as a economist and as a, a financial um, a man in the financial world he he did it out of just out of pride to prove to the world that he could do it a newspaper took him up on it and he did the thing that he said he would do and I, want, I, I thought about that I said if this man can do that in the flesh what would happen if the church of Jesus Christ took the oil of the anointing and went out and did the work of God. The church isn't here tonight. You what, what are you telling me, Pastor? I'm telling you that what you have, because you have the Holy Spirit, is worth more than $100 in the pocket of Bill Gates. It's worth more than all of the understanding of those financial analysts. When you have the Holy Spirit, you have divine insight and divine power. And you have ability that, that comes from a source outside of yourself. If you have the oil, you're rich. You have the oil, the anointing, there's power there. What do you have in your house? Do you have something God can use? He said, I have a little bit of oil. There's nothing in my house with a jar of oil. That might imply that she had already sold everything she owned. Don't sell the Holy Spirit, all right? You sell everything else. Sell the couch, the TV, sell the, well, don't sell the kids, but sell just about everything else and don't sell the oil. 
keep your relationship with God. Friend, when life gets down to nothing, as long as you keep your relationship with God, you've got what it takes. You've got what, it, what, it, what you're going to need to recover, to rebuild. Some of you are just in that spot right now. You have got, you've been shaved down to nothing. When you've been shaved down to nothing and you have nothing but the Holy Ghost, there is recovery on the way. Ella había sido, uh, había quizá vendido todo. Dice, no tengo nada en mi casa sino un poco de aceite. Ese aceite es el retrato de la unción del Espíritu Santo. Y ella con esa, con ese... Um, ese momento crítico en su vida dice todo lo que tengo pero teniendo el Espíritu Santo tienes todo lo que necesitas había sido rebajada hasta que no tenía nada pero su relación con Dios y cuando usted ha sido bajado a ese nivel es porque algo bueno viene when God takes you down to nothing friend guess what he's rebuilding I don't know who he's talking to tonight, but he's talking to somebody and he's telling you, I have shaved you down to nothing because I'm going to build you up. When all you have left is God. When your last shred of dependence on the flesh is gone, God is at work. He's up to something. He says, go and borrow vessels. As large as you can. Get as many pots as you can. As many vessels. Jars and, and pitchers and, and vases. And every kind of vessel that you can. We see that God was about to fill these vessels with this oil and there was going to be a multiplication of things. And here's what God is saying to us. I want you to go and find vessels for me to fill. And he has said this to us as a church over and over again this year. He said it to us a couple or last Sunday in the, in the, in the analogy of a net. What did he say last Sunday? Cast your net for a catch. What is he saying again to us today? Bring those vessels for me to fill. What are those vessels, church? Those vessels are the lives of people that you and I have in our sphere of influence. And I want to challenge you with something. If you've invited somebody to church in the past and they said no, invite them again. And I'm saying that prophetically because I believe we have an open heaven. You invited them once, they didn't come, cast the net again. I, it, all I need is 10 people to believe God tonight. The rest of you can go home and sleep easy. But if I could get 10 saints to say, I am going to get some vessels. Borrow not a few. Get as many as you can. 
There are saints in this church who have never invited anybody to church, ever. That's got to change. Yeah, I'm staring you down tonight. I don't expect to get invited to dinner after this sermon. I'm all right with that. But I'm talking to a mature church. Cast your net. Go find those vessels. And don't be surprised when they walk in the door. When they walk in the door, don't say, wow, I didn't expect you to come. (laughs) How many of you know God's at work here? I'll I'll be honest with you. There were days when I wouldn't invite anybody to this church, and I was the pastor. He said, pastor, no puedo creerlo. Why? I'll tell you why. Can we be honest tonight? Because that was a day when if somebody new walked in here, they wouldn't get, they wouldn't get greeted by anybody. Hallelujah. They wouldn't get welcomed by anybody. <coughs> Pastor's calling us out. He's bringing out our dirty laundry tonight. <laughs> Say amen. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. I'm not lying to you. But have things changed? And there's a difference in this place that only God could produce. And it's completely the work of God. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, all right, you're ready now. Bring those vessels in. Do you think somebody could get filled with the Spirit in this church? You know, this is the, this is the great crisis that we are in as a church. We come in and we get filled. But we don't. Go pour it out in anybody. This year has been a year in which God is rattling this cage and saying, Hey, I've got more for you. I want to pour into you so that you can pour into somebody else. My prayer for you is that you will have such a burden for the lost, such a burden for people, that there would be a desire, God, to say, God, fill this vessel so that I can pour it out into somebody else. And friend, let me tell you this. The scripture says, there is one who withholds what is not who withholds uh, what he has and he receives nothing and yet there is one who shares what he has and he's never in lack if God has blessed you give it away because the more you give away the more room you make for God to bless you again and for God to enhance his work in your life And God is at work in us because he has a purpose and a plan for this city. But he's saying to us as a church, every vessel you bring, I will fill it. And I'll give you an example. Elder Martinez, he opened up his living room. It's a vessel. Has God filled it, Brother Martinez? 
Brother Jesse, has God filled it? Yeah, he has. El, el uh, hermano Martínez abrió su hogar y le dio un espacio a Dios. You remember that message, make room for God? Le dio un espacio a Dios y Dios lo ha llenado. Now, Brother Chano, he had a different thing going. He didn't have a living room that he wanted to use, so he went to Chapalas, right, or somewhere. And he made a space for God. Has God used it? Amen. Amen. What about you? Can God use what you have? Can he use your house? Can he use your Facebook account? Can he use your social media? Can he use your dinner table? You might have somebody that won't come to church, but they'll come to dinner. I don't know anybody that won't come to dinner. I'm praying tonight that divine ideas which have been sitting on your heart for the last few months would be quickened. God hasn't spoken to you for nothing. He's spoken to you because he said, every vessel you bring to me, I will fill it. Now here's the problem. As long as you're worrying about the crisis in your life, you'll never go get vessels. So what you have to do in that case is get a divine perspective. Start looking at things a little bit higher than you're used to. And when you start looking at things where God sees them, then the crisis is put into his hands. And you go and do what God is calling you to do. And when you are at work, he's going to take care of you. And he's going to honor that work. He said, bring me as many vessels as you can. Her sons went through the neighborhood and started borrowing pots. One of the vessels that we have at the church is our nursing home ministry. Every Thursday night at 7 p.m. or 6.45 at Hacienda Oaks. Now, not everybody can go there. If we all went there, it would be too much. But God has opened the door for us to minister to people who might be at the very edge of life itself. And he's looking for somebody that will say, I'm going to commit to that. Do you have some time on Thursday night? Can God use it? We're going to launch Sidewalk Children's Church. We're going to open space for God in the, in the uh, parks of our city. Can God use you there? He says, every vessel you bring me, I'll fill. You might say, Pastor, my... My gifts are small. My gifts are limited. 
My knowledge is limited. My understanding is limited. He said, I will bless whatever you do. Blesses the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates upon it day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water, which bears fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And whatsoever he does, Will prosper. Not whatsoever he plans to do. Or hopes to do. But whatsoever he does. You say pastor. How long are you going to preach this sermon? I'm going to preach it. Until we become a church. That does. I said I'm going to preach it. Until we become a church. That does. Because God said. Kingsway, whatever you do, I will bless it. I will prosper it. I will build it. I will anoint it. She began to pour the oil from that small jar into the first vessel until the, the vessel that she had borrowed was filled and the jar was still full. Now, should she stop and have camp meeting right then? No. What did she say? Pass me another jar. And she poured the original jar of oil into the second jar until the, the second jar was full and The first jar was full, but the original jar was still full. You want to know the secret to not burning out spiritually? That's the secret. When you give the oil that you have. You know the thing about oil? There's oil in your life. And here's the thing about oil. Olive oil is made by crushing. It's made through a hard and arduous process of putting the olives on the mill and a very heavy millstone grinding those olives and extracting that oil. Can I tell you that you have been broken and you have been crushed for a reason? The anointing comes at a cost sometimes, at a sacrifice to our personal experience. And we wonder, why am I going through this? Why has thing, have things been so hard? God is producing a fine oil out of your life. And if you will give what he's given you away, he will continue to give that anointing, that grace to do the work of God. He's not wasted any moment of your life, but He has produced in you an exceeding weight of glory. She filled every available vessel. Until the oil, until the vessels ran out. You notice this, the oil didn't run out, the the vessels ran out. 
And not until then did the oil stop. As long as there's a hungry person walking in this house looking for God, the oil will flow. As long as there's somebody at Kingsway Church saying, God, visit us tonight. Speak to us tonight. God will continue to move. Are you hearing me tonight? When you come to church, come hungry. Come expecting. Come looking for God. You'll find Him. Now I'm going to take an offering tonight. And the offering is you. What do you have in your house? Bring it to the Lord. Put it in His hands. Make it available to Him. Start somewhere. You know, one of my mission trips to Africa was funded by a little old lady who had a tea party in her house. She did what she could with what she had. And all the lives I touched in Africa, when we get to heaven, half that crown is going to go to her. You realize you don't have to go to Africa. God's got work here. And there might be somebody he wants to send that you're going to be the sender of. I pray tonight that I have invested so much vision into your spirit that you won't be able to sleep until you say, yes, Lord. I'll do it, Lord. What do you have in your house? If you have something that you can make available to God, I want you to come out of your seat and just come into this altar. And if you're one of those people who said, I've already tried, I've already done, God is saying, cast your net in again. Come on, I need some saints who will believe God. Some saints that will say, God, work miracles through me.